You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about certain meetings that you should include in your volleyball program and how to structure those meetings so that they're valuable. You know, vo- like to have a, a successful volleyball program, it isn't just enough to have strength training and practices. You know, as coaches, it's our job to make sure that the program is complete by getting a chance to not only help your athletes build relationships with each other, but help you build a relationship with your athletes. And there's a lot of different strategies we can take to get that accomplished. Um, and what we're going to go over different, all the different types of meetings you can have within a team. But what this does is it enables not only your players to have great relationships with each other, but you as a coach to have great relationships with each other and as a team you just it just ends up being a, so much of a better place to play uh, because you're getting to connect at a whole different other level so i think this is a really important episode and i think it's not something that we don't really talk about but uh, you definitely want to stay tuned for this one so don't go anywhere stay tuned Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 164 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? If you are a new listener, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And if you are a regular listener, as always, thank you so much for tuning in, where the goal of each episode is to deliver valuable step-by-step strategies that you could take back to your gym and apply right away. And today, we definitely have a good one for you. It's a little bit of a different episode. This isn't more specific uh, to the volleyball tactical and technical things, but it's a really, really important part of programming. And I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast before, actually. Uh, But before we do that, if you're listening to this before August 12th, 13th of 2023, as I'm sure you've been well aware, I've been talking about DVA Live for the last two months. DVA Live is coming up. It is this weekend, Saturday, Sunday. I'm really excited about it. And I actually, I got asked by so many coaches reaching out that if they can't make it, are they going to get access to the video recordings? And absolutely. If you register and you pay to be a, a registrant of DVA Live and you can't make any any session, that's Okay. You're going to have access to a portal when DVA Live is over and even during DVA Live. And you'll be able to watch all the video recordings in a logical step-by-step manner. So you'll have all those recordings at your disposal. And I, I should have them up pretty quickly as well. So don't worry if you can't make it there live. The video recordings will be available to everyone who registers. So don't make that stop you from registering. Because I know there's coaches all over the world in different time zones. And I completely understand. And even if you got things to do, don't worry about it. I get it. <clears throat> so still sign up. Because you're going to want access to it uh, when you can. All right. So let's talk about volleyball meetings. Okay. It is, it is super important. You know, one thing as a younger coach coming up, I, I just... You know, when you don't really know how to run a volleyball program, you you just you're just thinking about practices, 
And, and I understand that and you're, you're just focused on, you know, setting up your practices, making sure you're focusing on what you, what, what you want to focus on at the beginning, middle and end and ramping up for competition and things like that. But a really important part of programming is meetings. And this is kind of a, a another thing in addition to meetings, but meetings helps with this. But as coaches, we are really trying to cultivate relationships with our athletes. And there's a, there's a number of reasons why this is important, okay? Let's talk about the selfish reason first. When your athletes have better relationships, your performance on the court improves significantly. I I, I can't tell you, I mean, it may, it may sound kind of counter counterintuitive, but even like we, we're in the off season right now. And in our off season, we have a ton of players who've never played together. And... We, 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 won a, we won an off-season game last week. And just the way that we were playing, we were playing okay volleyball. But you can tell that the guys don't really know each other that well. They're not comfortable with certain things. And they are comfortable with certain things. And in our post-game, all the coaches talked about that. We said, we haven't got a chance to do any team building. We don't really know each other yet on a personal level. And you can tell the little bit of a distance between certain players on the court that will not happen after we have training camp and after we do some more team building. So just in your performance, just in the body language, in the connection of your players, when you guys are all on the same page in terms of the tactical and technical, and then you're all on the same page in terms of relationships, your team gets to that that other level. And to be quite honest, in order to like, and this is what separates a lot of teams, because when you get to the higher level, every team is good, unless you get you know the one team or the odd one or two teams in the league that just stand out. They're they're outliers. You know that's another conversation. But when you get to the higher level, where you're like you know five, six, seven, eight, nine teams that all have great players, you know that all can win on any given tournament or any given night. Now we start talking about the things that separate those players, and. You hear it in the pros all the time. Oh, that team looked great on paper. On paper, that team's a championship team, but yet they don't win. And I mean, injuries and all that stuff could be a part of it, yes. But building relationships with the, with the players on the team and having that connection, that is an ingredient that is not practiced enough or not talked about enough. And I want to, and there is, I could take this episode in so different, in so many different ways. Like, like that premise we can take this episode in so many different ways and how to accomplish that. I have I don't I don't remember the episode number, but I have an episode on team building, on strategies we can do to team build to create better relationships. I have one. And and I have to, I'll it's if you if you look it up on Spotify, you should find it. If not, I have to, I can do always do an updated episode. And then another part of build, making sure these relationships are strong has to deal with having meetings both individual meetings as well as team meetings and how you structure them are also very important. So let's start. And I talked about this a little bit, I think last week when I when I talked about the guide to training camp. Was that last week? Yeah, I think it was. <clears throat> so let's talk about one-on-one. Yeah, it was last week. So one-on-ones is the first opportunity for you as a coach to build a relationship with your athlete. Okay, so one-on-ones. And a one-on-one is either either yourself and the co- and the player one-on-one, 
or the player and the coaching staff one-on-one. And it's an opportunity, and I, I, I won't talk too much about this because I mentioned it last, last episode, but it's an opportunity to do goal setting to find out what is your goal this season. You know, what is it that you want to accomplish on this team? And another goal that I want you to identify as well is what is a personal goal? Maybe they want to achieve an A-plus in a course. Maybe they want to, I don't know, they have a passion that they're interested in, they want to get done. Maybe they want to have something with their family. Whatever they, what they want to do, we always want to have a personal goal too. One thing that I've learned, and I've learned this a lot, I, I learned this probably late in my career, is athletes don't very often get to sit down and have a one-on-one conversation with a coach, a teacher, an adult of any kind where you can provide them with a lot of guidance. And I'm not saying we're therapists. I'm not saying that. But it's not a, it's not very often where athletes can sit down and have one-on-one time for themselves where they can tell you how they feel. They can tell you like personal goals with them. You know, cuz it's not it's it's always about it's all it's all about personal growth as well. You know, if they have if they see a teacher at their desk one-on-one, sometimes teachers don't say, "Hey, what's your personal goal in life?" They may say, "Hey, what's your goal in this class? How can I help you be successful in this class?" So we want to find out from our athletes what are their personal goals and how we can help them with that personal goal as well because that ultimately leads to their happiness and a better life. You know, we've had athletes say, I want to learn to play the piano or, you know, I want to get this mark in this class or I I would really like to see this family member, you know, like things like that. And And I have a note on every athlete and I go back and I see, okay, well, how, how's your personal goal going? How, how are you doing in that class? How, have you started taking piano lessons? Oh, no, I haven't got a chance to do it. Okay, well, right now, let's let's talk about who, who we can hire you to teach piano or is there any resources for piano or, or whatever. Like, we, we get it. We get it done. So we have a personal goal. We have a, <clears throat> a team-orientated goal, like a volleyball goal. We, as a coaching staff, we sit down and we, you know, we tell the athlete how we feel about them, how they're doing, you know, on the court, their demeanor, their character, or things like that. And then we give them a chance as well to tell us how they feel about the team, how they feel about life, if they have any concerns, any questions, anything they want to talk about. And it's an opportunity for them to just, and, and, and there's no, um, there's no judging. There's no consequence if they have anything that might, you know, that might, they, 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 they're not going to say anything that's going to jeopardize their situation on the team, put it that way. It's a, you know, it's a carefree space. You speak your mind. No judging. We're good to go. So that's the first one-on-one. We also have a one-on-one mid-season where we kind of follow up with these goals. We, we do a check-in. We, we figure out how the athletes are doing. And then the end of the year one-on-one is season wrap-up. So same, same setup, by the way, except now we're seeing, did we accomplish those goals? Well, if we did, great. If we didn't, why not? And we start setting new goals for next season. Okay. So that's one-on-ones. One-on-ones are really, really important, and you, ha- you have to do it, okay? And now let's talk about team meetings. Now, this is something that I added, uh, I think it was my, might, might have been my second or third year coaching college, where I, I started adding in an extra session called team meetings. And it's once a week. It's for about an hour, okay? Once a week for about an hour. The team goes up to a classroom, 
And I structure this so that we do it before practice. So I do it on our late. So if we have like an eight to 10 practice, we'll do this at like, you know, 630 to eight or 645 to 745. So all we do is we sit in a circle and we have a conversation and I will lead it. And sometimes it could be, it, it's such simple things to get the guys to open up to the team. Okay. And I'll give you a handful of things we, we, we've talked about and what you can talk about. You know, what is, what is one thing that no one in this room knows about you? And everyone says one thing. And if no one has an idea, no, if, if, when you come to them, they don't know, we can always come back to them. And you'd be surprised as to some of the amazing things that comes out of your athlete's mouth and that everyone gets to connect over that. Those little things. And they might be shy at first, and that's okay. But little things, you know, they can share their goals. <clears throat> like what's one personal goal you like to get done? And let everyone hear it. What is one thing that the team can do to help support you? That's a big one for us. What is one thing that, and some, some, like some of the athletes, I remember it's like, I, can't, I never can get up in time. One, at, one athlete was, was like, I can't get up at eight o'clock. Well, everyone, can we all agree to call him? You know, 7.50, 7.50, 8 o'clock? And he had like 15 guys call him and he got up because we held each other. We like, that's what he wanted. That's what he asked for that. What we can do to support him. And we did it. It was pretty incredible. And I think he, that helped him a lot. And he, and he was able to wake up because, you know, he's held accountable. And, you know, there were so many things. Um, guys wanted help studying for tests. Well, we all arranged some time outside of, you know, practice and outside of class time where we can start studying for tests. So team meetings are great. You ask a question where everyone can give an answer. You know, what is some what is your favorite food and why? You know, what is, what is a dislike? Whatever you want, okay? Sometimes we have serious conversations, you know? What is a concern that you have on this team? Oh, that's a tough one. All right? Like cuz that 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 could be that could open up a door for all oh, with a lot of these concerns how we're going to address them. But I'll tell you something. As long as you as long as you approach it from a position of humility and wanting to become closer and better, we have to have honest conversations. And when I put that out there, sometimes we're given some great feedback as well. Now, if you're coaching a younger team, it's okay. You can still have these conversations. It doesn't have to get as deep as that, but you can talk about dislikes, likes, get the, get the kids to know each other a bit more, okay? Sometimes in these team meetings, we'll do team building games. Like, the, you know, the minute to win it games, there are a ton of minute to win it games, you know, building things, arranging themselves in certain orders, giving them small tasks to get done, playing like challenger versus champion, separating them up into two different teams and having them work together. You know, there's so many team games you can do. This is so, and it doesn't, it doesn't take out of practice time. These things, these team meetings are so important to bring your team close together. You know, one athlete, I remember him, him saying that he never eats before practice or he has trouble eating during the day. And all the guys are like, well, let's bring this guy food. Let's help, let's help him out, you know? And it was, um, it was really like, just, it was just, just, just to see everyone have, have, their, have their back. And when you have a team of 12, 10, 15, sometimes players get lost and sometimes they may end up not connecting with like sometimes if they don't you know if they don't have each other in the same classes or if they don't go to the same school if you're coaching club like they don't really have that personal relationship with a lot of these players they just talk to them during practice time 
we want to we want to bring that closer. And this is the kind of stuff that helps. And you never know what answer another player would relate to. And then there is a connection right there. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, really, really cool. Um, one thing we added uh, last couple of years, and this is courtesy of you know, Brock Davidek over at University of Alberta, is these things called leadership meetings. So another meeting that we've added is a leadership meeting. Now, you know the leaders on your team. And you can select them. You can have your team select them. It's entirely up to you. We normally just have the vets. Like, I'll select them. I'll say, you know, the, the, the fourth-year players, third-year players, things like that. And they'll be part of the leadership committee. And before our team meetings or after our team meetings, we'll have a leadership meeting. And in these leadership meetings, they're very fast. They're like 10 minutes. It's an opportunity for us to talk to the vets and see questions like, how are the rookies doing? How is the team morale, chemistry? Are there any conflicts that we need to be aware of? Is any, is any player getting out of line? Are any players skipping certain things? Like maybe they're skipping a lift or maybe they're not, they're not, they're not doing something they're responsible for. Okay? Another opportunity here. This is where you can really mitigate any kind of issues that, you can, that will come in the future. You can prevent things from happening. You know, this is a really great opportunity for your leaders to give you an insight of what's happening. And then sometimes you don't have to intervene. Sometimes you can give your leaders permission to take care of matters themselves if, you know, they're responsible enough or if they can for that matter. So leadership meetings are really important. It also makes sure, and it also reassures, kind of like, you know, you, you let your uh, your captains and your leaders know, you know, this is the, the vision that we have. We really wanted you to push that vision towards the guys and really you know, not only support us, but in, but help enforce it. And sometimes your leaders can have a different effect on your athletes than you can. You know, they're the same age, they talk the same language, things like that. Okay. So leadership meetings, another important aspect. Uh, coaches meetings. Now, if you're by yourself, you may not do this, but if you or your assistant, or if you have one coach, you know, it's good to have a coaches meeting once or twice, once a week, maybe once every two weeks, just to see what's going on, see any concerns, any issues, like get get a chance to reflect on the last one or two weeks and see what you guys can do to improve the next week or the next two weeks. You know, you can talk about things like uh, practices, how are the practices going? Have you noticed any player not being engaged? Have some of the drills been working really well? Some of the drills not been working really well? You know, just it's, it's a good like kind of check-in to make sure we're, we're, everyone's okay. Um, so I'll tell you kind of what we do. Like we'll have weekly coaches meetings at the beginning of the week. And you know how, so on my staff, I have, you know, a coach responsible for middles, a coach responsible for, you know, pins, liberos, et cetera. So we'll do our quick meeting and we'll check in and we'll say, Hey, I'll, um, I'll check in with all the coaches and they'll give me their rundown. You know, how are these players doing? Oh, this player is good. This player's hurt. has an ankle hurt. This player's doing this. We've been working on this. We've been working on that. So I have like every coach is responsible for a, select group of athletes to check up on every so often because let's be honest i as much as i want to i cannot consistently check up on 18 or 16 athletes consistently i try to i try to send messages all, all the time and certain things like that but it's hard for me to do that so i want to make sure no athlete gets left behind so that's where i have my assistant coaches they'll check in with the athletes they have certain athletes that they're responsible for and they'll make sure they check in and make sure the athletes are good any issues making sure that they're you know like regular check-ins. If I have a goal or that we're working on towards making sure that they're following up with those goals and, you know, certain things like that. 
Give you an example, you know, if we're working on, for middles, for example, if we're working on making sure they can cut the ball to one and swing five and make the right decisions when they cut the ball to one and swing five, I'll check in with my coach. Hey, how's their decision-making coming? Are they, are they, do they, do they have the ability to do that? Yeah, it's, it's coming along. It's working. You know, this player has a, has an issue because of this thing and that, you know, and we just kind of go from there. So those are, those are coaches' meetings. Another different meeting that we, we've implemented, we're, we're going back and forth on this one, but study hall. Study hall is something that I'm super proud, uh, and this may not be something that a lot of club coaches and high school coaches need to worry about. Maybe you do. I'm not sure, depending on your policy, but we never had... So normally, because the way it works in, in Canada, okay, is our season is from September to March. So that's two semesters. And in order for our athletes to be eligible to play for the second semester, they can't fail more than two courses. Now, that may seem like that's pretty simple, but trust me, in certain, certain levels, athletes fail courses, okay? This is the first year since I've been coaching at... Our, our college that not one player failed a course and everybody was eligible to play for the second half. Normally, there's there's always that one player that is not eligible to play for the second half. They may be lying to you and telling you they're going to all the classes when they really weren't, and it happens. But this year, we were on top of it. So study hall is something that you can implement. Now, again, club coaches, high school coaches, I, I, don't, I don't know if this applies to you per se, but if you coach in college, even high school, you can apply a study hall where once a week for an hour, it's an opportunity for them to do homework, you know, talk to their, you know, <clears throat> work on group projects. If, if they have group projects with the same players on the team, that'd be pretty cool. But just work on, you know, certain things. Study hall is great. Sometimes in certain programs, it's mandatory. It's a mandatory study hall that even you don't even run and someone else runs it on staff at the bigger, bigger schools. But, you know, things like that, those are important things to have. Okay, so we have team one-on-ones. We have team meetings. We have leadership meetings, we have coaches meetings, and we have study hall. Those are the five meetings that I think are, you don't have to implement all five, but I encourage you to have three, at least three. You know, the one-on-ones, team meetings, leadership meetings, coaches meetings, you can kind of do three of those. Study hall is depending on the, the the team and you know what you have like your resources and whether that's a possibility or not. Okay, now I haven't talked about team building. This is this is kind of like team building is like a byproduct of all this stuff. Like you're like like team meetings. Generally, that's that's a, that's more of team building if you think about it. But there are many things you can do in addition to this to add more team building. You know, you could take one of these team meetings and have it at someone's house if you want to do something separate, you know? I like to have, I like to have do film occasionally at someone's house, order food, make it a thing. But you can you can decide how you want to structure this. So this is just, you know, for you to know, um, these are five important things, one-on-ones, team meetings, leadership meetings, coaches meetings, study hall. I actually, and this is, again, part of your programming, okay? You're going to learn... Not only this, but you're going to learn way more at DVA Live this upcoming weekend. If you haven't signed up yet, I encourage you. DigitalVolleyballAcademy.com. DigitalVolleyballAcademy.com. Sign up for it. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to jump on with all you coaches and walk you through how to build your successful volleyball program. All right. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. I'll see you guys next week. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look. 
Are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.